You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can find notes for this message along with more information about our church by visiting church2911.com. Here's our lead pastor, Rick Hand, with this week's message. So, a few weeks ago, I really felt I heard God speak this story. We're going to read some scripture here in just a second. This story from the Old Testament into my heart that this is the sermon for this day. And it's a story I'm pretty familiar with. So in my mind, as God was telling me this, I wasn't where I could really start writing down notes and just started thinking about it. I was in a place where I, I couldn't do that. You know, there's sometimes you just can't stop and write down notes. And so I'm just kind of thinking through it. Uh, you know, uh, it would have been it, it, it would have been impolite for me to take notes while, you know, while people weren't taking notes, write stuff down. But it wasn't impolite for me to just kind of check out and just think on my own while they thought I was still engaged with what was going on, right? So that's what I did, you know. So I'm kind of thinking through this, and I'm, I'm thinking, seriously, God? That's what you want me to share on that Sunday? You really, because I'm thinking through this story, and I'm thinking, there, there's all this stuff that I've preached here before, but there's something God really wants to focus on, and I'm thinking, that, that, that's really what you want me to, and I, I just think, man, that sounds just a little, I mean, Little crazy. We uh, use this story. It's the story of Hannah in the Old Testament. We use this as one of exam- one of the examples of why we do what we do here. On, we've just done here uh, this morning is dedicating children to the Lord, and uh, we use this story. So it's not going to be unfamiliar to to many of you if you've been in Sunday school or if you've been in uh, been in church for very long. You've probably heard the stories. You read the Bible. You've probably read the story. But there's still this thing, you know. And here's the thing: is nowhere in the Bible are we we are we told by God to do this thing that we've done this morning we chose to do this that's an awesome thing well Hannah chose also but she took it a step further than any of us have ever gone and it's the example that God wants us to see but not just about children about everything okay so let's that kind of sets it up a little bit let's read our scripture first Samuel chapter 1 verse 10 and 11 in her bitter distress y'all know what bitter distress is Okay, so somebody, somebody paint me the picture in your mind of bitter distress. Anybody had a bad day this week? Anybody, anybody, anybody? Come on, come on, let's, let's be honest, right? Anybody had at least one bad day this week? But would you say you were in bitter distress? I mean, how long has it been since you were in bitter distress? Bitter distress is more, you know, I, I, I had a tough day. I wish, you know, I got, to, I got the stage right now. I could just spend, I could spend about 15 minutes here telling you about my day on Friday. You know, and some of you, Kurt knows, he was, in the, he was trying to help me out of the hole. You know, I was just all kinds of stuff, you know, four, four different stores that I went to, you know, and I bought, I bought two sets of tools that I already had but couldn't find, you know, all that. I, t- I said I wasn't going to say all this, but, you know, all that, I, got, I got two Band-Aids on this arm, you know, I mean, and big ones like this, you know, and all, all this, yeah, all that happened, but I wasn't in bitter distress. I mean, I actually got through the day pretty well. I got most of the stuff done I was wanting to do. I, I was, we're talking bitter distress, nothing like you were dealing with. And you know what her bitter distress was over? The fact that she had never had any children. She was a woman that wanted children, and she never had any children. So in her bitter distress of being childless, and uh, the word says that her, her womb was closed. And we don't know what that means back in those days. You're like We would say that differently today. And it's like, oh, wow, you know, but... It just meant that she wasn't having children, but why it was happening, she didn't know, but in her bitter distress, her bitter distress, Hannah prayed to the Lord and wept with many tears. Anybody cried this week? But would you say many tears? I've had some tears this week. 
You know, I've had some loss over the past year or so. And, and uh, you, you know, I, I remember some of that loss, and I cried some this week. You know, but many tears? I, I just want you to see where she was at, okay? She was at a place kind of at the end of her rope. It's like she didn't know what else to do. God, I've asked and I've asked and I've asked. And, and it's like you're not hearing me, God. This is where she was. Have you, anybody ever been there? Yeah. And, 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 and God, I, I just don't know. In her bitter distress, she prayed to the Lord and wept with many tears. And she made a vow. She made a vow. I, I don't know. You know, promise seems like one thing. A vow just seems deeper, except then I think about all these vows people are making to you know to someone to wed and then you know and and we 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 don't take those seriously anymore you know so i don't i don't even know if we really understand the depth of this but she made a vow and who's she making this vow to she made the vow to the lord pleading oh lord of hosts if only you will look upon the affliction of your maidservant and remember me not forgetting your maidservant but giving her a son if you will just do this, and here's, here's the commitment she makes, this vow, then I will dedicate him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall ever come over his head. I started to delete that because some of you are going to say, what? You know, there at the end, right? Yeah, that was something they did back in those days. I mean, sometimes we let boys' hair grow long today because it's cool. You know, that's, that's what we think. It's cool, you know, it cool, looks cool. But this was something they did. It, it was like a commitment to God that this person had been set apart, okay? Not part of the message today, okay, but it's that... I just want to explain it a little bit. But she said, then I will dedicate him to the Lord all the days of his life. And she said, well, that's what we did this, this morning. Now, she meant this in a different way because when she went home, she became pregnant. When she went home from the temple this day, she became pregnant. Nine months later, she has a child. And when it's time to take him to the temple, she takes him to the temple with his promise, I know what I'm going to have to do. When she does take him to the temple, she leaves him at the temple. And we don't know exactly how old he was. Some people say he was two or three years old. I, I, I can't imagine, you know, I can't imagine a priest of the temple, you know, wanting to have a little babies, you know, around and that kind of a thing. But definitely under the age of 10 that she gave him away. You see, I, I don't know, I don't know how she did this, made this commitment, that when she said this, she was not saying, hey, I'm going to make a commitment to you that I'm going to do my best. No, she said, I'm going to commit him to the Lord. And what she meant was that was, I'm going to give him back to your work. And she took him to the temple, and she left him. And that was that part I was talking about earlier when I was thinking through this message. God, that's the part you want me to hammer home? Is leaving him to God? And, and over the last few weeks, I began understanding what he's talking about. He, he's not talking about physically leaving him to God. But God was talking about us giving our children to God in such a way that we never take them back. Giving them to God. Your will, God. Your dreams, God, your plans. God, everything that you, you want to accomplish in that. And, and you know, I, I, st I still can't imagine how she did it. I mean, I've got kids. I've got grandkids. I can't imagine how she, but she did it. She fulfilled the vow. You know, and I, and I thought this was one of the thoughts that I had come to me is that here was the difference. Is she didn't want to just hold the baby. She wanted to be a mother. Do we know the difference? You know what? I've already held... Uh, many babies this morning, not just the four that you saw me hold. I've already held them, and every, every week I hold several babies, you know, uh, when we come into church because we've got a bunch of them around here. I, but you know what? I don't want to be their mother. <laughs> After a few minutes, you know, I'm handing them back, right? <laughs> you know, and, and, and we've got a bunch of babies, that, and I don't hold them because I have to. 
because we've got a nursery. We've got nursery workers and, and people who serve and volunteer to do that. I, I don't hold these babies because they need me to. I hold the babies because I want to. You know what I'm talking about? I hold the babies for me. But that's not, that's not what, what uh, Hannah was doing. She didn't want to just hold the baby. She didn't want to just have that moment. She wanted to be a mother. And being a mother sometimes is not holding the baby. Oh, we all know people, right? We all know people that held the baby too close, smothered, crushed, and keeps it in. And you've got to be able to release. Wait, are we still talking about babies? Are we talking about something a little deeper than that? That we have to be able to release our dream if we want to be able to receive his dream so that he can release his dream. We have to release our dream so he can release his dream into our lives. That he was, give, bring me that next slide up if you will. Having an infant in your house, in your bedroom, in your lap is a great joy. Raising that child to be chosen by God for something special in life is a great honor. And Hannah got both. She had the joy, but she also had the honor because she saw that it was so much more. And in your life, for the dreams that you have in your life, I mean, all the things that you dream and that you think about, you know, those will, be, those will bring great joy into your life, but there are some things that God is dreaming about your life that will bring great honor into your life if you're able to release your dream so that he can release his dream into your life. Now, now, again, like I say, you know, this, this, this is a little, almost sounds like, whoa, wait a minute, a little judgmental here. I dedicated my baby a long time ago, but I, I didn't bring him and leave him at church. Please don't. We don't have somebody here 24-7, okay? You know, that's not what we're talking about here. We're not really talking about children anymore. We're talking about all the dreams, okay? But, but there's something. There, there are a couple little, little points here in this story that I, I, I want to throw out at you real quick if I can. And the first one is this. Hannah embraced God's dream because it was the best dream for Samuel. Isaiah 55, 9 says, my ways are higher than your ways. Who can, who can dream bigger dreams than God? I know some of y'all think y'all can dream some big dreams, right? Lottos, sweepstakes, you know, buying all the stuff and everything, right? And we, we think we can dream big dreams. Standing up and leading thousands of people, you know, and we think we can dream big dreams. Nobody, God says, my ways are high. No matter what you're dreaming or thinking, read, read the context of that ver little verse there, that just little phrase. Read the context of that and realize that God's, God's saying, I don't care how big you think you're dreaming. You can't dream as big as I can dream. You can't do the things that I'm doing. Oh, and, and, and we just don't realize, what is it? Proverbs um, 1921 says, you know, how, how men plan and plan and plan. Y'all, Y'all do that? Right. You know why we have to plan and plan and plan? Because our plans don't work out. We have to change plans, right? Y'all ever heard of plan B? Plan C? <laughs> Anybody ever had to go to plan D? Right? We, we plan and plan. Because everything falls apart, we have to start all over. You know what? God doesn't have to do that. God already has the perfect plan in his mind. He already has the dream. And so, so Proverbs 19 and 21 says that, says that man plans and plans and plans, but God's plan is established forever. It doesn't ever have to change. God never has to say, well, I didn't think about that. <laughs> well, I've, I've had to do that a lot this week. That Friday that I told you I had, I had to do that a lot. You know, I didn't plan on going and buying some tools that I already owned and just couldn't find. You know, I didn't plan on having a piece of equipment break. So I had to go to plan B and plan C and plan D all in one morning, you know. But God never had to go to plan B. 
He always knew what the best thing was, and he still always knows it. Bring up that last part right here. Baby Samuel would bring joy to the house. He would bring peace to the house. He would bring excitement to the house. But as a man of God, Samuel impacted a nation. He impacted two kings, and therefore he impacted all of history. You see, if she had just kept baby Samuel at home, oh, she would have been happy. There would have been joy. Y'all know what babies do. Y'all know how they bring stuff, life into the home. But by releasing her dream for Samuel, letting God release his dream into Samuel, he, impact, he impacts us today. I mean, he's part of this whole lineage of, of spiritual leadership and, and the word of God and, and the lineage, even the lineage of, of Jesus. Go back and read in Luke chapter 2 and find that lineage that is there also. And you'll say, I'm sorry, Luke chapter 1, and find that lineage that is there also. And see that he, he's part of that. He's part of all this because she released her dream for his dream. Here, here's, the, here's the second point, is letting go of your dream is hard. It, it, come, somebody say amen. You got a dream that, that you would have a hard time letting go of today. It's hard. It's painful. It's, impo it's impossible to fathom that I would let go of this dream, but it is also key to God's dream being fulfilled in your life. If you're going to have God's dream released into your life, you're going to have to release your own dream. You're going to have to realize that his dream is the best dream, as Hannah did, so you can release that out of your life so that make room for God's dream. Oh, our plans, our plans, and we plan and plan and plan. But what are you planning? And how we have to change, but, but God's... Let, let me show you some examples from the, from, from the Bible. Every hero that we know, and this is what, seven of them, every hero had to release their dream so that God could release his dream through them. Every one of them. Like Noah. You think he dreamed of building a boat? I mean, really, that big a boat? You know, and I'm not going to be able to charter it, you know, make any money off of it? I mean, we don't have any indication he ever dreamed of building a boat. Or what about Jacobed? you know? You think she dreamed, well, first of all, you might think she dreamed of just having a better name, right? Jacobed, you know? Until you look and see what it is, it means Yahweh is glory. That's what her name means. God is, that's what it means. God is glory. So maybe she didn't need to dream that. You and I would have dreamed that for her, right? Release that dream. Because her, God's dream, her name means a whole lot more than you and I can imagine. But you know what? You know who she was? She was Moses' mom. She didn't dream of having to hide her son from those who wanted to come in and kill him because he was a Hebrew baby. Like they were killing all the male Hebrew babies being born. She didn't dream of having to hide him. She didn't dream of him growing up in Egypt instead of a, as, a, as a Hebrew, as one of hers. She didn't dream of that. What about Moses as well? Moses, I can't think of one single dream Moses had that was probably fulfilled in his life. Because if you look at his life, I mean, he went from plan A to B to C to D over and over and over. I mean, he was born a Hebrew slave, right? And then he was raised basically as an Egyptian prince. Y'all seen Prince of Egypt? No, that was all those kind of things, right? So, you know. And then he worked as a Midianite shepherd, right? And then he was sent back to Egypt as a Hebrew. And then he was a leader of this nation of people uh, that, that they went to the promised land. And I know that sounds awesome. <laughs> Man, he gets to be a leader of this whole nation. But when you and I, we think of leaders, we think of guys sitting on thrones with crowns, you know, and, you know or maybe, you know, they've got, they've got uh, you know, the, the eagle has landed. They've got those guys around them, all that kind of stuff, Right. And that's what we're thinking about. But you know, you know what Moses' throne room was? Moses' throne room was a wilderness. 
That's, that's what he presided over, was these people leading them through. That wasn't his dream. None of this was his dream. He didn't dream these things, but he had to release his dream so God's dream could be released. Or Joseph, and Brent spoke on him just a few weeks ago and, and about how, you know, really his struggle started, his struggle started when he took God's dream and reimagined it into his own shape of this is how the dream is going to be. Go back and read the story or ask me after, or ask Brent afterwards and we'll tell you. That's, that's when his, his troubles began. And then he received the dream when it didn't look anything like his dream anymore and it was God's dream again. When he released what he had reimagined and he allowed God's dream to be released in him as God has, had always planned. Or Gideon, he didn't dream of leading an army. Read the story. He didn't dream of that. As a matter of fact, he wanted to do something else. He was a little timid, a little shy, a little... Little, I don't know if I can do that or not. And he definitely didn't plan on leading a little bitty tiny army like God let him lead. It wasn't just a battalion. This was the whole army of only 300 men. He didn't, he didn't dream of leading 300 into a battle, but, but God had to use it. And then Esther, she didn't dream of becoming the queen. I mean, that's not the way things work. Who she was, she was a nobody. And, and how this thing worked out for her to become the queen. And she definitely didn't plan on sticking her neck out to save a whole nation of people. But she had to release her dream so that God's dream could be released in her. And David, David didn't plan on being king. It's not how it works. He was not royal blood. You know, nowhere do we, do we expect to see a prophet walk out in the middle of a, of a flock of sheep and find the shepherd and say, you're anointed to be king. And pour some oil over him and you're going to be king of a teenage boy. It doesn't work that way. So David's not dreaming this. Now, incidentally, we've also got, to, also got to point out that he didn't become king till he was about 33 years old. So he was a teenager, and it was all these other years, 15 years or so, before he becomes uh, 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 the king. And most of the time of that 15 years or whatever it was, maybe 18, that he was waiting between the anointing and actually becoming king, you know what he was doing? He was running for his life. Saul was trying to kill him. I think, I think some estimations are 13 of those years he spent running for his life from Saul. David did not dream this, but because he released his dream, God was able to release his dream into David because he realized that his dream is so much bigger. Man plans and plans and plans, but God's plan is established forever. God's plan. So while we're talking about David, while we're talking about David, let me, let me tell you what happened. When he was finally anointed king or, or crowned king, he was anointed as a, as a teenager. When he was finally crowned king and he had his throne and he became king, his arch enemies, the Philistines, and they've been enemies of Israel over and over and over, years and years and years. They found out about it and they want to test him and see what kind of king he's going to be. So maybe, maybe we, you know, he's just been made king. He hasn't got everybody together yet, hadn't got his cabinet installed and all that, right? Let's attack him. So they attack. And David inquires of God, the word says, inquires of God, so what do I do? And God says, go to battle. Go straight up to him right now. Go attack. Go right in front of him and attack. And he did. And the Philistines turned and they fled and they ran away. He won that battle. But the Philistines turned around and came back sometime later came back looks like maybe the exact same place and you know what David did you know I, I know what a lot of us to do well God told me how to beat him the last time so I don't need to talk to God about it again this time right but God already told me how to beat him so I don't need to talk to God but David inquired again wait a minute same people 
Same place. Same actions. But he inquired again. You know, this thing of God saying, yes, go straight ahead. How does David hear that? I mean, I've not talked to many people in this world who say, I heard God audibly speak to me, right? I mean, you haven't heard a lot of people like that. How does David hear this? Because most of us aren't hearing God. Maybe it's because David was inquiring of God, inquired of God, inquired of God. Look through the scripture and you'll see it, how he inquired of God here. He inquired of God here. Here in this little short story, he inquires twice about the exact same thing, the exact same enemy, in the exact same way, and yet he inquires of God again. Maybe that's why God is speaking and showing him. Maybe we need to start inquiring just a little bit more, right? So here, here's, let's pick up the story with the actual scripture. First Chronicles 14, verse 14. Therefore David inquired again of God this second time that the Philistines attacked. And God said to him, you shall not go up after him. Whew. Good thing he talked to God. If he had gone in his own way, he probably would have been defeated. God said, you shall not go up. Thank God he did that time, right? And so let us take the example here. Let us understand. We, we, we need to inquire of God. Don't go up after them. Circle around them and come upon them in front of the mulberry trees. And it shall be when you hear a sound of marching in the tops of the mulberry, marching in the tops of mulberry trees. What's going on here? Think about it. When you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the mulberry trees, then you shall go out to battle. For God has gone out before you, in front of you, to strike the camp of the Philistines. I've heard people say, well, you know, that word for marching, it really could be called going, kind of like just a sound, like a rustling of the leaves or whatever. You know what? I think David didn't care if God made that sound with his breath or with the feet of the soldiers of the armies of heaven. I don't think he cared as long as he knew God was going out in front of him. And we can explain things away if we want to, but that's what God was saying. God was saying, you're going to hear this sound in the top of the mulberry trees, and you're going to know by that sound that I'm already there. It's time to go because I'm ahead of you and I'm out there. So because he inquired of God, he heard where God was going to be and how God was going to fight. So this last point through here, you can find the path to victory by learning where God is going. God, God, God never has failure on his agenda. You know, y'all ever map out your, uh, your itineraries on, you know, MapQuest or any of those old ones like that or Google or whatever, Google Maps? You ever map those out, you know, and, you, and you, add, you add a destination in the middle if you want to. Say, hey, let's go over here and do that. You ever do that? God never adds the destination of failure in there. He's always headed toward victory. He's always headed to this great, big, awesome dream that he has for your life. And if you want to know how to get to this place of the win in your life, the, win, the victory in your life, then find out where God is going and release whatever dreams that you've got so that his dream can be released in your life. But that's, that's the whole message today. It's what Hannah did. And it's what we've got to do to have this. And, and, and people ask me, well, why? You know, and I, I don't understand. I saw someone the other day, I mentioned this the other night in our grow group, I think it was. I saw someone the other day say, I used to wish I could read people's minds until I started what, uh, reading Facebook and I've changed my mind. I don't want to read anybody's mind anymore, right? You know? 
And so we got all these things. And you know, and, and, and I read some of the stories of my friends on Facebook. I got a lot of Facebook friends that I've never actually met, right, face to face. And I read their stories, and, and, and it's like, it's almost like they're, they're, they're struggling with where their life is. They're struggling with all the problems they have. They're, they don't they say, why, why did this happen? And, you know, and it's, it's kind of real easy. Go back, and read the, go back and read your post from last week, month, or year. Go back and look and see how you were living your life then and the dream that you have and how you keep forcing your dream. And this is the way I'm going to do it. And nobody else is going to tell me any different. And instead of inquiring of God like David did, I already know what's best. I've read the Bible. I know what's best. And then we find ourselves in these holes and wonder why, you know, and it's like, well, it's pretty obvious. It's pretty obvious if we just step back and realize we've not allowed God's dream to be released into our life. I dare you today. I challenge you today. Release your dream. Let it go. It's probably not going to work out exactly like you want it anyway. And even if it does, it's going to be like this when God's dream is like this. Release this. Release your plan A, B, C, D, whatever plan you're on now. Release it and let God's plan A that he's always had, let God's plan A work in your life today. Thanks for listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a need, we would love to pray with you. You can connect with our prayer team by emailing prayer at church2911.com or by texting 205-476-2911. You can learn more about our church by visiting us online at church2911.com and by connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram at church2911. We hope this message has encouraged you and reminded you that God loves you and has an amazing dream for your life. As always, we dare you to dream.